Okay, um, uh, Amy Virtue is one of our coaches here at the Common Thread. Um, I wanted to start, I'm not going to spend too much time talking because I don't, don't want to run out of, um, you know, coaching time. Um, but I shared this on the Facebook group, if you guys saw this. It was an event um, that happened today, and I learned a lot from it. Um, and I've also learned by coaching other people that this is a problem that a lot of people have. And that is, you know, the dreaded second opinion, which is, you know, you, you have a patient um, where, um, you know, you make a decision on things like that. You, you know, you know that there's multiple ways that could be um, interpreted and you know you kind of provide your opinion um, and you run the risk of course of you know someone not being happy with that or you know or asking a second opinion for various reasons it could be any number of reasons um, and I personally um, offered this, this uh, basically family because the patient really couldn't cooperate um, offered the family a second opinion early on and they said no we're fine we'll we'll keep going with it and was about to be discharged and said well we decided that, you know, we wanted to pursue surgery. And this is a patient that I chose not to operate on. And, you know, could I have operated? Yes. You know, could it have gone badly? Yes. That was the reason why I offered a solution that that was non-operative that would still be um, accepted. Uh, that, you know, I felt 100% confident in. And I offered a second opinion, would have been happy if they chose someone else, but they didn't. And a week later, uh, the patient was set to discharge. And um, a family member came along and said, no, we, we actually want a second opinion and we want an operation. They found um, someone who did um, see them and did decide to operate on them. Um, and they did okay. There was you know, a period of, of VTAC that I imagine was terrifying for everybody um, according to the records there. Um, but the per they, they came out the other side and you know, it was mostly um, you know, dealing with our thoughts when something like that happens. You know, because I tried to demonstrate like there on that thread about what my thought process was and how I, you know, tried to navigate my thoughts about it. Because the first thing, I think the thought that bothered me the most is I wanted to be the one that was right. I wanted to make the, make the right decision that everybody would be happy with and everything going well, things like that. Um, I'm still happy with the decision I made. But, you know, it's, it's easy to look back and use the uh, retrospectoscope and say, well, I should have done this or I should have done that. Uh, I'm still happy with the decision I made. Um, I did see, you know, because I was co consultant, I did look at the notes um, and there was some implication that this was a different diagnosis and therefore something that had to have an operation. I, I don't agree. The record would not hold up. Um, and so if it comes to that, if something happens, you know, it's easily defend, you know, defendable. So that part was a little bit difficult. Um, and then the really thing is, and this is the, the, the problem I see people um, running into is, is our relationships with other people. Um, this is a, a surgeon who I've kind of cultivated a relationship with. He's in a competing group. Um, he's not a bad guy. He's uh, you know relatively new to the place. And um, I've helped him in the past with just like little hospital things and things like that too. And I don't have any ill will and I still don't. Um, but at the time I felt a little <laughs> negative about it, um, but, but really realized that there's just a lot of opinions and, you know, he made the right decision for him at the time. He had to come to that conclusion. It worked out for him. It could have easily gone the other way. So um, in working through, you know, 
my thought models, like, what do I want? Like, what is my intentional model? You know, the intentional one is like the, the frustration you get out of it. Like, I don't, you know, I wanted to be right. That was my unintentional model. I wanted to be right. And I saw this record and it seemed like I was wrong. And, you know, it also seemed like the surgeon was trying to, you know, I guess the, the circumstance for me to keep a nice clean model, the circumstances, the neutral thing is a note said this. Um, and so my thought was, it's like, I think he's trying to imply that I did the wrong thing, you know? Uh, and my emotion was a little bit, you know, indignant. I was a little bit, you know, assaulted and maybe a little fearful too. You know, you never know um, how it, this can, um, you know, come back at you. And then the action word, you know, to kind of feel like withdraw or be resentful or, you know, try to overly defend or lash out or something like that. Um, the result of it would have been, you know, a terrible relationship. I mean, this one event, you know, you could do something about it. But it's, if you think of the long game, you know, it's the relationships that we have with other people that make the difference. Um, in this case, I could defend it. But another one may be more difficult. Um, you know, it's just better to have a good relationship with folks. And so my unintentional one led me to a place that would have had me more withdrawn and, you know, worse relationships. Um, and so I kind of stopped myself there and said, you know, what do I really want out of it? Um, and, and, you know, kind of navigating, what is my intentional model? What is the model that I want to work on? What is the result that I want? The R line. The R line is I want, I want a good environment. You know, I want the patients to do well. I want us to, you know, have a collaborative environment. I want to go and I don't want to have those weird, uncomfortable interactions, you know, like having to, to talk through administration or, you know, um, or really having to always, overly defend yourself all the time. It's just not something that I want in this particular relationship. I mean, this surgeon, I know it's not, you know, I feel differently about others. <laughs> there's one I wish could take a long walk off short bridge, but in this particular one, I think there was hope for a good relationship. Um, and so I thought, you know, this is my R line. This is what I want. I want a good collegial environment and I want the patients to do well, of course. And I think that a good environment would help that. And so like, what are the actions that I need to take to have a good uh, relationship and, and the action that I came up with is like, well, I could call him, you know, I, I didn't want there to be any misunderstandings. Uh, and so going back to, you know, the building the model, I kind of work from our line and work backwards and like, how would I need to feel to, um, to get that result? And, and for me to feel it, I'd have to feel open and um, accepting and generous. Um, you know, there was lots of emotions that came up for me that I could cultivate um, to get the R line that I want. And, you know, some of the thoughts that I worked through, and again, this is not one model, this is just kind of trying to formulate one that would work for me. You know, a lot of thoughts were is like, you know, maybe I can learn something from this. You know, uh, I don't have to um, take this negatively. You know, my, my thought could be wrong. You know, basically my initial thought of like, he was trying to say I was wrong. You know, maybe that thought could actually be wrong. Like maybe he didn't think that I did something wrong or maybe who knows. Um, and the circumstance meaning that, you know, a surgeon did something different um, than I did. So circumstance, if I kind of clean up a model and pick one, if I pick one that I really wanted to cultivate, uh, the circumstances, a surgeon did something different than I did. And the thought is um, that may be hard for him too. Um, and motion is open and accepting. And my action was to reach out to him and, and say, you know, I, I understood that you had a second opinion, you know, request and that you operated. I'm really glad the patient did well. Um, and the result was he was very grateful for the call. Um, and in the end, I was really, you know, pleased that that whole, the whole interaction. Anyway, I want to bring this up because I think like the next time I see him, 
we're going to be fine, you know, um, and that we can potentially talk um, and not be uncomfortable. And, you know, if I had an opinion, I, I could ask him. If he had an opinion, he could ask me because I, if you want a colleague to trust you, then you have to show a little bit of trust to them too. Um, and, and sometimes I, I kind of talked about this in the last group um, call. If you want someone to talk to you, maybe talking to them first. And so a lot of times it is, is us initiating the relationship that we want to have with someone. Um, and that may make all the difference in the world. Now, that's a completely different scenario from a different surgeon who, you know, you know that you have a competing relationship with and that you may be hard. Um, that approach would be completely different, um, a, little, a little bit harder. And then, you know, you have to figure out what your R line is. And sometimes our R line is just like, how do I get as far away from them as possible? How do I keep them from hurting me? You know, things like that. Um, and that, you know, our line um, leads to, you know, just a different model. And for example, I'll give you, I'll give you how this scenario would have been different had it been a surgeon that I don't trust, you know, that I've had a longer relationship with and, you know, just, you know, get the gut instinct that this is not a person to be trusted. My R line would be, you know, how do um, I protect myself from potential um, or not, not this is not the R line, but the R line is, is navigating the relationship successfully where the patient is okay. And I'm not, you know, my reputation and my professional, um, aspect is not harmed. And the action for that would be good relationship with the, the family, well-documented, you know, consult other people, things like that. And my, um, emotion there would be, um, well, actually, uh, suspicious or, you know, protective, you know, the emotion of like wanting to feel protective of myself. My thought is, um, I can actually take steps um, to make this interaction okay. And the circumstance would be, you know, like this, um, the surgeon would do something different than I did. So anyway, um, I, I worked that model backwards. You can really pick anything that you want. You can kind of go in like, how do I want to feel about this interaction and go up and down from there um, in a model. But I wanted to kind of go through that exercise just because I think that it's um, helpful to uh, navigate. I'm changing our, one of our newcomers names. All right, well, I've, I've talked plenty. Does anyone want coaching or any comments on that scenario? Either one. Y'all know I could talk, so. <laughs> All right, okay, so, see, 18, I see your hand raised. What do you have? Okay, well, um, I guess this is a kind of a, a big one. Um, and since this month is leaving mm -hmm. is I, I just don't know if I still want to be a surgeon, but I'm really just not sure, yeah. you know? Um, and I don't know if I'm just bored. I'm about 10 years out, you know, from residency, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, or I don't know if it's just all the demands that are placed on us, you know, and the whole balancing everything. And so I just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> is there a particular um, scenario or anything that comes to mind when you, when this thought comes up? Um, yeah, I just don't feel like my heart's quite in it anymore. I don't, I don't know. Like, I know I still like helping people. I know there's still a sense of purpose. Um, um, but I go to work and I'm not like super excited about it. And I don't hate it either. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely not that. I was just 
kind of where I've been at lately. I don't know about a specific scenario. I mean, I think lately too, um, I've just seen this year has been tough too. So I realized that might be part of it. COVID I've just seen so many stress related um, complaints and my actual surgical volume is down. And I think that's just due to a lot of factors, you know, um, what I'm seeing in clinic also though, with the hospital and like, also like our hospital went through a transition. They got out by, by, by another system. And I just don't feel like there's just so much more headache on that end of things now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely feel like I've lost some control over what I can do in surgery mm-hmm. and having to deal with so much more bureaucracy. And so I'm starting to feel like there's more headache than enjoyment. <laughs> when you think about, you know, things that, that bring you joy, what are some of the things that bring you joy? Um, so uh, I mean, I definitely still like aspects of my job. Like I like helping people still when I do, when I do feel like I help them, I guess part of me feels like, I don't know, I've been doing the, the same thing for a while. So, <laughs> um, other parts of my life that bring me joy are spending time with my family and my kids, you know, my husband and my kids and sometimes doing stuff for leisure, like reading or biking or, you know things like that. Do you feel like the pandemic had some effect on that because you had a little bit more time to reflect? On what brings me joy, you mean? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I had more time to do leisure, if that's what you mean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It felt like my leisure had almost disappeared until recently, you know, Mm -hmm. and I had become very singularly involved in being a surgeon and I was pretty unhappy actually at that point. Mm -hmm. When you felt unhappy, you know, give me some examples of, of times when you felt unhappy. I just feeling utterly exhausted, you know, by the end of the week and feeling like all I did was work all week and not have time for, like I said, things like reading or exercising or family as much as I wanted. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to try to consider things that you could try that would make you feel more excited about work, is there anything that you could try at work that would make you more interested? Um, yeah. So I thought like, do I need to like, just change it up a little bit? Do I want to like do a course or a fellowship or I'm not super excited about more training, <laughs> but I mean, do I want to do that, you know, and kind of change up what I'm doing? Or I've thought like, you know, I think a lot of us just, um, being a surgeon or even just a physician in general makes us very singular. And I think we're not as much when we actually start. I think a lot of us are actually really well-rounded people when we start. That's how we get into medical school and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then we lose a lot of that along the way. So I actually have already cut back. I'm not working quite as much as I used to. And I think that makes it feel more sustainable before mm-hmm. I felt like it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, I've lost a lot of the like like I definitely can do my job. It's just less exciting. And, and, and I do think that I do think medicine has changed too. And I think there is more hassle. I think with requiring EMRs and all the, whatever MIPS and macros and whatever we're supposed to do. And the, you know, like I said, my hospital being bought by a bigger system and, you know, all that stuff starts to add up too. So the, it starts to, if you're not like super excited about your job, sometimes that starts stuff starts to outweigh it. If that makes sense. It does. I mean, you know, certainly when the jobs change, um, and I, you know, I was curious about the, the, if the pandemic, the pandemic had anything to do with it, because I think a lot of us had a lot more 
time in our hands. And I, I think that being busy is a way of buffering. So we yes. don't have to feel stuff. Um, and so it's interesting that, um, you know, once you did slow down, that you started maybe to question, you're starting to recognize when you're feeling something. Um, and I think, you know, exploring that feeling is, is helpful to try to see like, what is the thought behind that feeling? And, you know, is it a true thought or anything that I could change to feel the way I want to feel? Right. And so the, what is it that you would want from the job? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess part of it is like feeling excited again, a little bit more about what I do. And part of it is, you know, I didn't do a fellowship, which is okay. I'm not saying you have to, mm -hmm. but sometimes as the further you get out too, you start like, I've kind of settled into like a, a routine of doing what I'm comfortable with and, and whatever, but doing stuff you're not comfortable with also is challenging because you want to make sure you're doing it right. And maybe you have to do more challenge, you know, more training or more, you know, um, um, of some sort, you know, whether it's a course or a, or, a, um, um, and that takes more time and effort. And I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if I'm excited enough about my field to do that. Sure. <laughs> so. yeah, and it seems like the, the feeling that you want is, you know, excited. It sounds like you maybe want to do something else, but not sure what it is or whether the commitments that you want to stack up to are worth it, are worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you're trying to decide, like, I can invest my time and effort into something. And what would that be? <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, the, the most important thing is, like, you know, where do our feelings of excitement and, um, you know, I guess challenges sounds like if you're searching for doing something, you know, different, maybe uh, don't let me put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you want a little bit of a challenge, too. Is that is that fair? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like in the right way, like, so I've always liked surgery. And when I was younger, it, um, when I first started, it was like exciting. And, um, and I think it made the right choice. It also, it takes a huge time commitment because there is a lot of technical skill and there isn't a ton of flexibility sometimes with those time commitments, you know? Um, so I definitely want to be excited about it, but I also want to, um, maybe have some more freedom and balance in my work too. Mm -hmm. so I think that's the other thing that's coming up. Okay. And then uh, it sounds like that, you know, part of the thought that you, you wanted some more freedom and balance, and it sounds like you started to carve some time out for yourself. And yes. are you finding some of this in, you know, by carving this out, are you achieving what you're looking for? Do you think? So like I said, it's definitely made it more sustainable. Like, I don't feel like I'm just completely burnt out and want to just, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. quit yesterday. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's sustainable, but I still don't feel like, I, I still don't feel like I have that excitement challenge part of the job. Um, I do know, I think part of my hesitation too is, you know, I have young kids, you know, I have diving into something new. I have a little bit of fear in that too, because it takes a lot of commitment. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I guess the, the thought that, that, you know, kind of I'm hearing is that um, to do something challenging, exciting is going to be hard. 
And time consuming. And time consuming. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and so you're, you know, it sounds like you're, this is what your thought is offering or that your brain is offering you. Um, and the, the, if we were to kind of think of that, like, what is our neutral circumstance in this? And I guess our neutral circumstance is, you know, um, uh, let's see, I'm trying to pick out this, this circumstance here, but, um, cause we want this to be neutral. I mean, I guess, right. You know, something simple, like you know, your job as a surgeon or less hours as a surgeon, but I'm trying to think if this fits yet. We'll just, we'll keep working and see if we can't come up with it. Um, but it sounds like the thought is, is that, you know, to, to get to a point where I have something exciting and challenging is going to be time consuming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, maybe the circumstances I have more time on my hands. I have more time in my schedule. Um, okay. I'm not sure that fits yet. We'll play with it. Okay. So keep. <laughs> I know I, it's interesting. You sometimes who would have thought that, and this is actually what I'm finding to be true. Sometimes it's the circumstance, the neutral circumstance is hardest to find. And this is where it's yeah. more helpful to be as specific as possible because, sure. you know, really, because the thought is based on the thought is based on the circumstance. Um, and so you could be, you know, so maybe 10 years in practice. It's kind of making a bit of an assumption, but you've been doing the same thing for 10 years. Yeah. And the thought is, is, um, you know, that, that to do something, you know, exciting, um, and challenging may take more of a time commitment. Mm -hmm. How do you feel when you think that? Um, um, not very motivated. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, discouraged. Mm -hmm. When you, um, what do you think is the overwhelming emotion? Like, you know, when it comes to the, the unmotivated, discouraged, which do you feel like is giving you the most trouble? Um, I mean, I think discouraged. I just, yeah, I feel like it's uh, the ch the change seems like it would be overwhelming. Like I've already put in so many years and gotten good at what I'm doing, but yeah, I'm bored, <laughs> you know. And so, yeah. making the change, okay. uh, I don't know. Okay, I think the thought is change would be overwhelming. Yeah. I heard you say that. Mm -hmm. And the circumstance is 10 years in jobs. Mm -hmm. Maybe. So I'm sold on this one. Um, yeah. Your emotion <laughs> is, you know, discouraged. So you're sitting this job that you had for 10 years and you're saying change be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And then when you think this, that change would be overwhelming, you feel discouraged. What are some of the actions that you take or don't take? Um, well, I definitely just keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> like yeah. stay in the job I'm in. Well, yeah, status quo. <laughs> what other things um, do you do or not do? Uh, I think that's it. It's a lot of not doing. So I don't start exploring 
like what I could do. Yeah. Yeah. What is the result of all this? By staying in a job, I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, it is overwhelming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Same job. Same job. No change. Yeah. Because um, and, and it feels overwhelming. Uh-huh. And it's interesting because, you know, when you look at this model, like when you kind of write it down, um, how do you feel when you look at it? Um like discouraged <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. um now, <laughs> what, what thought could do you think that you could you know start cultivating that feels true and, and honest to you um that could lead you to where you want to go um i mean i guess i could think like i don't have to change it all at once i don't know baby steps? I don't know. Yeah. When you think, um, I don't have to do all at once. How does that feel to you? More manageable. Yeah. Um, when it feels a little bit more manageable, what are some of the actions you could take? Well, so maybe just instead of like giving up completely what I'm doing, like surgery, maybe take on like some side projects. Mm-hmm. The, the hesitation I have there is uh, that takes so much time. Now, I mean, I, I mean, I'm getting a little off subject, but I admire you guys because obviously you're taking coaching on on top of your surg- surgical jobs, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm finding a hard time figuring out where I'd fit anything else into my life. <laughs> well, I think that what I'll do is I'll, I'll back up um, and I'll tell you how I became a coach. You know, I. I kind of came with coaching by podcasting. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm 11 years out of practice. And I do think that there's something magical about the 10 to 11 year mark um, mm-hmm. because I've coached several people now on that very thing. Um, and I think what happens, and this is just my opinion on all of this, um, is that, you know, we became like, I can only, I can't, I'm not going to speak for you. I'll speak for myself. So after 10 years, like, well, I've done all of this and I became a surgeon because I want to be expert. I want to do all the things and know yeah. all the things. And I came to the point where what next? Yeah. You know, I want that. I think someone had said this on a post a long time ago, which I think was perfect. I want that gold star feeling, you know, they, it does kind of be a, get a, a little bit to be like the same old thing. Um, and then you want to do something new and special. Um, and the thought that came to me that changed it all was I could actually do anything. I can do anything I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and which it initially first was like overwhelming to say like, oh my gosh, I can really do anything. And I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then you have to kind of like manage that overwhelm too. Right. Um, so but I kind of like the, the model that you're working on, which was, um, you know, still your uh, 10 years in your job. Uh-huh. You already kind of mentioned that I can still do my job and I have less time. So I'm already carving out time for myself. Right. Um, and that this thought that you kind of came up with is, you know, baby steps. Yeah. Don't have to do it all at once. 
And how does that make you feel? That's much more encouraging, <laughs> I would say. Right. You, you're, you're already kind of doing this, and I want to tell you why. So, like, so now you're a little bit encouraged. And then, you know, one action that you've already unconsciously taken, which feels like from this, is that you, start, you started making time for something. You just weren't mm -hmm. sure what it was yet. That's true. So mm -hmm. you already did make, made some time. So now you have time. What are some other things like with this thought of, I could just do some baby steps. What are some actions that you could take to get to where we didn't really talk about the result that you want. We could talk about some more actions, but what do you think that you want to do? Um, well, so I could start to explore what things I, I could do in that small amount of time I've made. Um, I, I do like the time for myself and for my family. And mm -hmm. so I do want to be careful to protect that, you mm -hmm. know, cause that's helped me feel less burned out. Mm -hmm. So you already mentioned, you know, less burnout for sure. That's at least one result you're getting out of this. Um, you know, it's interesting that the, it sounds like you want something exciting and you want something um, you know, that challenges you, you're just not sure what it is yet. And you can kind of see by, by giving yourself a little bit of, I don't have to do everything at once. I can actually just explore my interests and spend time with family and just see what comes up. Yeah, yeah. Patience has never been one of my virtues. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, okay, I, what do I do next? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's trusting that you'll find it. Right. You know, and I think that's really, um, you know, part of this, this whole thing of, of cultivating, like, I don't have to decide everything all at once. I can really just, because, you know, I can find different ways to be exciting, or I could find different challenges. And maybe the thought is, is that I, I can't do this right now, because I don't know what it is yet. Um, and I could do little baby steps. Um, and I could support my interest. Um, and then that's okay. It's so, um, something that seemed like that came up a little bit is the scarcity, like time scarcity. Or, yeah. you know, that happens a lot too. And what if you realize I could take as much time as I want? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so frequently we're so goal oriented, you know, mm -hmm. like I have to get to whatever that final result, but I don't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah. This, this is sometimes why it's helpful to have a fellow surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I understand, like, it's hard for us to not do everything to the best of our ability, mm -hmm. which means that if we see something we're not sure about, we're like, oh, boy, that's gonna take a lot because I have to be the best and I have to do all of it and I have to know all of it right now. Yes. Um, and if I look back, then what I need to do is everything that I've done before, which is make, you know, 10, 20 hours a day yeah find the best of it and then that's this is all of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so you know when you look at your unintentional model this is you know a little bit we talked about last time about focusing on our our past self we look at our evidence of what we did in the past 
to, to say like, you know, to kind of judge our future. And the beauty of it now is that because you have worked so hard, because you have created such a, you know, a strong foundation, you actually can, you know, go a little bit um, on autopilot in some aspects and say that maybe my job is not where my excitement and my challenge come from. Maybe there's something yeah. in my interest that I don't have yet because I haven't thought about it yet. But if I spend the time and know that I have baby steps, then maybe what will be really interesting and challenging to me, I'll find. And it may just be my job too. Maybe I'll look back at my job now that, you know, giving myself some space and not getting so caught up in the administrative crapola um, mm -hmm. that I'll like it again. Uh, it's interesting. I've read a lot of um, articles and podcasts and things like that where people say that, you know, the fire thing that where people are like, I want to retire early. And it's like, you know, so funny, like when I gave myself a little bit of break, I came back and really enjoyed my job a lot more. Um, and I found that to be true, too. Yeah, where people like leave and then end up coming back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but I think there's something to be said for coming back on your own terms. Because I, yeah. I think this is kind of the thing that, you know, the reason why um, you can, you mentioned like in your thought download about the, the frustrations that you're having is that administration change, I feel loss of control, I have to work too hard, you know, all these other mm -hmm. things that kind of pile up and make your job yeah. crappy. And then you step yeah. away like, well, I don't have to worry about that. And I have to worry about that. And mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway. So I'm hoping that the result that you have out of this is that you find something that you're excited and passionate and challenged about. You just don't know what it is yet, but you don't have to decide it all at once because you have done all those things in the past. Yeah, I think, I think that's key. I think you're exactly right. I think I've used what I've done in the past where you kind of, you know, going to med school, going to residency, going to, you know, it takes you 13 years to get there. <laughs> Yeah. The thought of changing that, you know, and thinking you have to do it all over again in some way, shape or form is, you know, mm -hmm. overwhelming. Yes. And, you know, learning new things is, is fun and exciting, a little bit challenging and painful too. You know, mm -hmm. I think that, uh, some concepts to remember too, are the 50, 50 of everything. <laughs> right. You know, if I look at the, the, what I've done last year, like, you know, trying to figure out acuity and getting my links to work and getting Zoom to work and getting the, you know, a lot of that stuff is challenging and painful and right. it comes with a lot of validation of saying, well, I can do new things, which is kind of helpful too. So it's kind of right. taking joy in the little things. And it is if you give yourself some room for enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've been so, I think a lot of us are really career focused too. So like I have extra time and I've been enjoying using it for leisure and kids. But I also think there's a part of me that feels like, oh, I need to fill it up with something, quote, productive, you know? <laughs> oh, do I understand what you're talking? <laughs> yeah. Some of my most stressful days that I have, like, left completely open um, uh, are not my best days. And it, it, because I think that we're, like, recovering workaholics. Right. <laughs> yeah. Giving yourself a lot of grace um, yeah. to, to just, you know untrain un your mind on, on all these things um, is it just takes practice and time. I haven't yeah. mastered that either. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Baby steps. I like them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Good. Um, anyone else? 
All right, let me see if I. All right, I'm going to rename one of our new people. How about Ariel? I'm on a Disney princess thing. I, I like originate, uh, originality. I realize I've got kids. I could come up with all kind of Disney princess names. <laughs> all right. Anyone else interested in coaching? Uh, yeah, sure. I can. Uh, okay. I, yeah. I think it's, is it Belle? Ariel. Ariel, Ariel. Okay. All right, Ariel, what you got? Um, I, this isn't anything new. I just, uh, I'm not sure how to put it. I guess like I keep, I keep making, I keep breaking my little promises to myself about, you know, I'm trying to like do, you know, do behavior change where I, you know, I've kind of tried to change my life in a lot of ways, but, um, with coaching mm -hmm. and it's been great. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I'm kind of breaking my promises to myself and going backwards. And I don't know how to, I don't want to like fall off the wagon, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Kind of like a self-sabotage kind of thing? Yes. And I read what you posted yesterday. And actually that was the best thing. to. It was like self-sabotage is self-love gone awry. Yes. Isn't that so, funny? Yes. Because mm -hmm. I think that's true. Because I think I'm feeling like, Oh, I don't, and there's also that concept of like, what is it? Temporary discomfort to prevent mandatory pain, something like that, where it's like, I, you know, like I'm just kind of not allowing myself to be uncomfortable at times. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I'm in more pain later and regretful and yeah. like, I'm not sure how to, I'm, I'm like, why do I keep doing this? So I guess it's nice to bring it up to maybe try to rewire and like go back to being, <laughs> doing things like, you know, the th things that serve me, you know, and serve me well. It's, it's not terrible things, but I just had all these little, you know, I was kind of trying to change my behavior, have little rules, and I just keep breaking them. It's mm -hmm. me. Yes, I completely understand what you're talking about. There, There is a reason that that particular phrase stuck out to me. <laughs> yes, yes. No, so I'm having some ideas already, um, but what, give me a specific instance where you, um, you know, knew that you needed to do something and you didn't, or, you know, give me an example of the things that's bothering you. Um, I think most of it, let's see, most of it is food and alcohol, mm -hmm. um, where I had, I, you know, ever since that January book, you know, I've really tried to change my drinking habits. Mm -hmm. And so I am trying to only drink when we are with friends. Like not at home, not, no more wine when I get home from work. Like that had to stop. But, to, and so generally that means a week end. Mm -hmm. But then tonight, for example, our friend, our neighbors came over mm -hmm. and they brought beer. And I was like, oh, perfect. We're with friends, but it's a weeknight. So it's kind of a gray area. So I had two, I had, well, yeah, I had two beer, a well, beer and a half. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not a big deal. Like not a huge deal but it's still like I I kind of broke that promise where I was going to not really drink on the weeknights only save it for special occasions like weekends and I'm annoyed and the other thing and like and also like and other little things are like um ever since I stopped eating flour and sugar I it actually literally changed my life I was like all these years I've been dieting like a crazy person and all I needed to do was avoid those like concentrated sugars and concentrated carbs and it, I, I, I kid you not, I, I, my life has changed 
from just avoiding those two simple things. But I feel like now, I don't know, this weekend, Mother's Day, everything, I'm like, oh, it's Mother's Day. And oh, like, um, oh, no. and tonight we had leftovers from Mother's Day. And so it's like, uh, and I think also like on Thursday, I was like eating something with sugar in it. And I just kept, I was like, why are you, why am I doing this? Like, I've already proven to myself a thousand times, you know, that I don't, that like, if I avoid flour and sugar, I'm like a much happier person. I'm not constantly craving food and thinking about dieting. It's just, it's been so eat, like such an even keel way to eat for me. And so I'm breaking that in, and, um, and I told myself that I would be doing like journaling and I was journaling, but I kind of stopped and I kind of just like, I don't know. And I told my, and I have, have been doing yoga a lot. And, well, okay. Here's what happened. I actually think I slipped a disc in my back. Yeah. Like a couple, like two, about three weeks ago. So I stopped all ec- forms of exercise. Cause I was like, I'm just not going to do anything. Cause I don't want to, that's what happened. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> that's, so I stopped. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't know what caused it. I had gone ice skating. I had fallen. I had gone bike riding. I got, I'd done a bunch of things all like in a short amount of time. And I don't know what caused it, but that I felt like that, like a, like nerve type pain over my sacrum and like reading to my butt cheeks. So I was like, Oh my God. So I stopped anyway. It, it got better. went away completely. And so now I'm like feeling just lazy. Yeah. It's kind of verbal and, diarrhea. Sorry about that. No, no. I mean, this is all really helpful. And, you know, quite honestly, you know, I, I um, there's so much that I, you know, I'm trying to stay out of the pool because goodness knows that you and I, uh, I have very similar things too. It's like, you know, going, so it sounds like what it is. If you like, think of your thought download, you were very successful before and you, and everything, you know, you felt better and you're proud of yourself and all these other things. And then an event happens and it all goes to hell. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it felt like yesterday. And now today, and I'm like, oh, it's bleeding into today because the neighbors came over and now we're having like the the expensive cheeses that have the sugar, you know, like, oh, the, the, you know, all the things on them, like the, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so why I, I couldn't just keep it an isolated thing. So I'm afraid because it's like bleeding into like today and, 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 and just in general, the last few, two weeks or so, I've kind of like been slipping, so to speak. Yeah. And so it sounds like, so you're already kind of, it sounds like you're already kind of feeling this way. So circumstance is neighbors over. Neighbors come over. Um, And um, what is the thought that you had? So let's see, neighbors come over, there's beer around. Yeah. I guess, I mean, it is like, I want to be in the communal experience of having beer with my neighbors. Like, and that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I still think that's valuable, but I'm also like, but I also promised myself that I wouldn't do, I wouldn't be drinking beer on the weekdays. Like it's yeah. Or why, why was it one and a half? Why couldn't I just have the one, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I right. Know. Um, and a lot of it just, you know, has to do like some of the thoughts that we could have is, you know, the, the, were you already kind of starting to have the thought that I can't keep promises to myself? Um, I was thinking like, well, I definitely started to get anxious. Like, oh my gosh, I'm falling off the wagon. Like, you know, this, like the health kind of like healthy mindset, like way of life, which I have maintained in so well for so long. It's been wonderful, but, um, but I kind of feel like I'm getting anxious. Like, am I going to ruin this? Oh no. Is mm-hmm. this, like, am I gonna, like, why am I making bad choices? And, um, 
Yeah. And like, I don't know, I guess part, I guess to be, to dive too deep, a little deep is like, I feel like I'm like, I, some part of me is like, I don't deserve this. Like six, the successes I've been having to a degree, mm-hmm. I suppose. And I'm the type of person who will, um, yeah, who, who, yeah, who just, I don't know, who will not, who, I don't see, des- deserve is kind of the word, but yeah, I just think really negative things. Like, like I've, I've been this way my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be this easy to change it. <laughs> Pardon me too, like mm-hmm. to change myself. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because I'm actually reading this book called um, about self-sabotage and, you know, a lot of it, we base it on our history, you know, um, and our identities. I've done this all along. Now I've made some changes and it's going well. This can't possibly be sustainable. Yeah. Um, that's how I feel that way, but it could be, but why am I like, this can't, this can't possibly work, but it is working. So my, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a cluster in my mind. Like what cluster? <laughs> like, what? I, like, I like this thought. This can't possibly work. Yeah. But it is working. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, but there's still that thought in your mind of, you know, you can't do it. You've never done it your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so now I'm like, I'm going to prove it to myself that I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> so what was it like, was it one and a half or two and a half years? One and a half. Years. One and a half. And of course, all the while, you're also actually asking yourself, you know, you're, you're kind of piling on too. like, well, I'll just have this much. No, I'll have this much. And see, why did you yeah. have this much? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So and we have these like fancy cheeses and I was like, I'm just going to have one little bite. It's the same thing. I haven't done this in a long time. Then it was like, oh, I'm just gonna have another little bite. Oh, just, oh, oh, my son didn't finish his. I'll just take his piece. You know, like, ah, oh, it's crazy. It's crazy making. Uh, yes. So, you know, the, the actions like you're drinking this beer sort of like a little bit almost like out of anxious, like this can't yeah. work. So I'm feeling yeah. anxious. And so yeah. I'm just going to drink the beer because this can't possibly work. Yeah. And then, totally. you know, hey, you've already given up. So let's just have the cheese too. Yes. Yes. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> yes. Corinne Crabtree calls it the uh, effort meals, you know, the, the effort <laughs> eating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I give up. All yes. hope is lost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is just one of those little sneaky things because um, the result is that you've now proven it can't possibly work. You know, and it's interesting because you you know you see this in action. You see where all this is going, and you watch it in action, and that could be the most frustrating part. Is like I am watching this happen. Yeah. And not only am I do it today, I'll probably do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It's just like getting that little bit of clarity. Like it just escaped me tonight. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Well, it didn't fully because I was like, I'm going to go into coaching. And if I can bring this up. <laughs> Let's see. So it didn't entirely. But like, yeah, I, I just don't know how to breathe a little bit of air into that. You know, as you guys say, like between like the thought and the action, I think, you mm-hmm. know. Or the thought in the response. I just didn't. I kept eating that damn cheese. 
I'll, I'll share something, you know, um, I was listening to something I'd heard before, but it was, it was, Brooke was coaching and she had something that provided a little clarity to me because, you know, I think I, I have been like thinking a little bit the same stuff myself too. Very successful for a while, took a backslide, took it as evidence to do so. Um, and she said, this is the difference between A-line coaching where you tell the action, don't drink the beer. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so we're relying on ourselves at that time to not do something. And, you know, we already have this sort of relationship, this altered relationship with this, this thing. Um, you know, beer is when, when friends come over, that's just what we do. That's the story we tell ourselves. Yeah. And so the uh, A-line coaching is, is to say, don't drink the beer, don't eat the candy, don't do this. Um, and that is just an action that we can, you know, can do most of the time, but you have to really come up with a thought that is causing that, um, you know, like to, for example, like um, she quit drinking and her thoughts were like, I'm just not, it's not that I'm never gonna drink again, I don't want to be the person that just has to be, you know, told not to drink. I want to be a person that doesn't even think about it anymore. You know, I want to, I don't want to work on my dysfunctional relationship with, with alcohol. I don't want to have a relationship with it at all. (laughs) Um, And it's interesting, like, I want to be, I want to become the person who um, is successful. You know, I want to become the person who knows that this success is inevitable. Um, and that is, you know, the, what she cultivated, um, of saying, yeah. I'm not going to think so much about alcohol. I want to become the person who doesn't think about it at all. Um, and when you think about like, you know, this idea of this is who I'm becoming, then you start to think like, well, someone who doesn't think of, you know, alcohol or doesn't think of, of this any, you know, just at all, like, how do you need to, uh, act in in ways that that we don't have to you know worry about the action line like it's really cultivating this thought I should back up I'm a little bit muddled here for a second let's think about uh, well, I guess I'm trying yeah I I'm get no you go ahead but I get what you're saying I'm with yeah, you yeah and so you know the, the thought is is like what is the thought that we want to have that will lead us to this this R line so what do, what do we want in as the R line you know her R line was I don't want to think about alcohol at all yeah, that's a good R line. Not at all. I guess it's all the things, like I said, food and alcohol at the moment, but it's also like procrastinating. Like I want, I guess I just want to, I want to declutter. I want to have all, I want to just declutter my life, like, and, and not waste time worrying about procrastinating, worrying about, you know, not, you know, just, it, it's so inefficient like to like waste time and energy and emotion on like these things when... Um, there's so many other more important, more interesting things I should be spending my time thinking. So I guess what's the result? The result is like, I guess like to live more peacefully, Mm -hmm. to have live a more peaceful life Mm -hmm. and not self-sabotage. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I I, um, was wondering if you could come to it because I think that you've already come up with a result earlier is kind of like, I want to keep promises to myself. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And if like, if my right mind decides like Mm -hmm. it's good for me to do, you know, to it's, you know, like life works out better in all ways. If I keep these small promises to myself, that keep my day going forward, you know, in a productive way, like 
I want to do that. And I don't know why I, and I, yeah. So how do I, yeah. Yeah. That's how so, um, so then we can kind of cultivate this, this, you know, so let's go with our same circumstance. So neighbors and beer. And so it sounds like the, the thought that you want to have is, um, I'm not the kind of person who self-sabotages. I, I do what I say I'm going to do. What do you think? What are some of those thoughts? Um, I think it's more like I'm so committed to myself mm-hmm. that um, yeah, that I'm going to like stick with my original with my with I'm gonna stick with my right-minded plan. Okay. I don't know. Is that a thought? <laughs> That's a thought. Or is that, you know, more of an action? I um, guess it's like, I want to, no, I, the thought of like, I deserve to, I deserve to, to behave exactly how I want to behave. You know, I deserve to, I have peace of mind around like these food, alcohol things, social things. Mm-hmm. And if we're further that thought is that, um, uh, yes, let's see. Um, I guess if I was thinking I can definitely stick to my diet or it's not diet. My, I call it my lifestyle. <laughs> I can definitely maintain worth, my lifestyle right now. I'm worth sticking to my plan. Yeah, I'm worth it. Yeah. I'm worth sticking to my plan. Because, you know, when the neighbors come over and they've got beer and you know that your plan is, I don't drink beer on the weekdays. And then your thought is, I'm more sticking to my plan. How does that make you feel? Yeah, Yeah, that makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah, the worth part, especially. And so you you mentioned it makes you feel good. Like, what is like the... um, providing like a detail. What is like a detailed emotion that you would? Yeah. It makes me feel like, um, calm to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And certain of myself, you know? Yeah. And yeah, calm, certain resolve you know, I like calm. Um, and when you're feeling calm, neighbors have beer. I'm more sticking to my plan. Yeah. It's decisive. It's not this back and forth. Should I? Should I? Should I not? Should I? Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I'm drinking it. Oh my God. You know? Yes. Yeah. I like that you're decisive. Yeah. And so, what is the result? Um, stick, stick to my plan. Yeah. Feel good. Yeah. <laughs> and why do we stick to our plan? Because we're worth it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these things, too, you know, the, the self sabotage does come a lot down to worth um you know the a lot of times the that's the the thing of success and that's from work from diet and things like that is is just the back of our brain saying well i you know it's interesting because the the whole idea of uh, self-sabotage is self-love in disguise or or gone awry gone awry is that um you know like running i'm gonna get up and run because that's good for me i'm gonna you know 
like my story that I'm telling myself is that when neighbors come over and have beer and then it's comfortable and this is the situation. And so I don't, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I want everyone to feel comfortable, but it's, I'm a little anxious because it's conflicting what I want, but I'll just drink beer. And then now I have the story because I'm comfortable in the moment, but yeah. okay later. Yeah. And so I think, you know, um, and then really working on your relationship with neighbors and alcohol is like, you know, why do you say, um, you know, sometimes we have alcohol and stuff to um, recreate an experience. You know, we tell ourselves that, well, when neighbors are over, I can't enjoy it unless I drink. Um, and so it's also thinking like, I'm worth sticking to my plan. And my plan is that I don't need to enjoy my friends, you know, and still have alcohol. Um, and those are, or, you know, a lot of times we'll do things like, I don't want to offend anyone or everyone else is eating. I want to fit in. I don't want to stand out. You know, that makes me uncomfortable. And so I'll be yeah. comfortable by, you know, not doing what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. Anyway, this is, uh, I think it's just, just reminding ourselves of, you know, the, what is the thought that works for us, you know, and yeah, like pausing and coming up with a model is like, what is a model that I could work with that'll give me the result that I want. Um, and this is why even, you know, after doing like all these, sometimes the model isn't really obvious. Sometimes you really do have to kind of sit and write it down or think about it and, um, and, and work it through. And like, why am I feeling this way? You know, why am I feeling so anxious? Well, I, I had a plan, but I was telling myself that it didn't work. So of course it didn't work, um, right. but I don't have to feel anxious. I want to feel calm. Yeah. And if I feel calm, it means that, well, I have confidence. I know that I'm worth it. You know, that leads you to a different result. Um, and it just takes a little bit of planning at the time. Yeah. No, you're right. Thank you. Yeah, good. I hope that helps. Um, yeah, definitely helpful. Thank you so much. Perfect. Well, that flew by. We're already at seven. I really appreciate that. But I think, you know, really, this is what transforms your life is to, to come on and be vulnerable and, you know, explore why you think the way you think. Um, and it really does set you free um, and really changes your life. So I really appreciate you all coming and sharing all this. Thank you. Good night.